It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Going to take a look at some travel insurance questions today. Some listener questions. We have Dan Skilkin from tripinsurance.com on to see what it looks like as we ramp up to cruising. Again, uh, Americans can cruise out of Nassau, Bahamas, starting in June on Royal Caribbean. So people are starting to get out there and travel again. So we'll have Dan here in just a little bit. Also, Sherry Laskin is here with Cruise News. So we'll jump to her first. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So on the heels of cruise service starting from the Bahamas in June, so in less than 60 days, the CDC has raised its warning to travelers who want to go to the destination. Yeah, so it reminded me of the movie Jaws, just when you think it's Mm -hmm. safe to go back into the water. Well, the same can almost be applied to the Bahamas. And as cruise ships prepare for a summer season of cruise departures, the Bahamian former Minister of Health stated that, and this is a quote, draconian interventions might be needed to bring the rising case count under control because the Bahamas is seeing a surge in COVID-19 cases that it hasn't seen in months. And at the same time, the CDC has just issued a travel alert for anyone planning to fly to the Bahamas and raised the warning to a level four, which is very high level of COVID. As of earlier this week, there were 387 active COVID cases with 46 Bahamians being hospitalized. Planned summer cruises by Royal Caribbean out of Nassau and crystal cruises from Nassau or Bimini will require all passengers to have completed their vaccination. Bahamas Paradise Cruise Line plans to offer short cruises from the Port of Palm Beach to Grand Bahama Island, and as of now, they are not requiring vaccinations. Whether or not returning cruise passengers follow CDC guidelines for international travel, of course, remains to be seen. They will, however, have to follow the health requirement for arrival into the Bahamas, and this requires a negative COVID-19 PCR test, that's the swab test, taken no more than five days prior to the date of arrival. Just playing devil's advocate here, you you could also say that this could be calculated because the CDC doesn't have jurisdiction over the Bahamas and they don't want people to cruise. Again, not my opinion, just playing devil's advocate. Just creating a little more stress level. Mm-hmm. To make people think twice before they jump on the yeah. on the airplane to get to the Bahamas. It's not like they can cruise out of Florida to do it anymore either. Yeah, so Adventure of the Seas will start cruising out of there in June, and I believe Crystal uh, in July, I believe. So Royal yeah. Caribbean, and speaking of Royal Caribbean, um, they have detailed a little bit more about their upcoming ship. They have, so Royal Caribbean announced that its fifth Oasis-class ship, which will be named Wonder of the Seas, will have eight neighborhoods instead of the usual seven. Wonder of the Seas will have 18 decks and 2,867 staterooms and will be the largest cruise ship in the world. It will surpass its sister ship, Symphony of the Seas, by more than 8,000 gross tons. 
Wonder of the Sea's eighth neighborhood will be named Sweet Neighborhood, S-U-I-T-E, and it marks Royal Caribbean's entrance into the private ship-within-a-ship concept, following on the heels of Norwegian Cruise Lines The Haven and MSC's Yacht Club. For itineraries, Wonder of the Seas is scheduled to sail from Shanghai and Hong Kong, China in 2022 on Far East and Best of Japan itineraries. And then when the weather changes, uh, it will begin Southeast Asia cruises that depart from Hong Kong in the fall and winter. So it looks like there's now a game of tug of war with the cruise industry's future. Yeah, so two more senators have voiced their opinions on the CDC's conditional sailing order and the recent April 2nd update. Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut and Representative Doris Matsui of California, they're both Democrats, are they're butting heads against Republican Florida Governor DeSantis, Senator Rick Scott, and their Alaska counterparts, plus the cruise industry itself, in what looks like a differing of opinions as to when the CDC should give the green light to cruising from U.S. home ports. According to Blumenthal and Matsui's recent letter to the CDC, their concern lies with the premature lifting of restrictions on cruising and the possibility of a serious setback. Florida's governor, as well as Alaska's governor, have sued the CDC for lack of guidance and to set a date when they can begin cruising. Alaska's governor and his team are requesting the lifting of the Passenger Vessel Services Act so megaships can sail from Seattle to resume Alaska cruises this year and bypass the required stop in Canada. Another cruise line has moved forward with all-inclusive pricing. Yeah, Holland America sent out an email and it detailed their new premium pricing package. They've named it the Have It All promotion, and it's available on cruises that are six days or longer, except on Grand Voyages. The Have It All package includes shore excursions, beverages, specialty dining, and Wi-Fi in one base cruise fare. It has its own category, and it's valued at $99 per person per day for a seven-night cruise. The Have It All cruise fare offer a savings, if you were to buy it separately, uh, probably 50% or more off the included amenities. However, keep in mind the fare does not include gratuities. And just an example, what you'd get on a six to nine day cruise with the Have It All package, you would receive one shore excursion valued up to $100, the signature beverage package, one night of specialty dining, and free Wi-Fi for both guests in the stateroom. And uh, speaking of that, both guests in the stateroom must book the Have It All cruise fare to receive the extras. And the new package opened for booking yesterday. But Holland America isn't the only cruise line to kind of move in this direction. We saw another one a couple of months ago. Right. So last November, Celebrity's base fare includes gratuities, a drink package, and Wi-Fi. Of course, you can always purchase upgrades. And Norwegian Cruise Line has detailed return to service in some aspects. Yeah, so Norwegian Cruise Line has produced a five-part video series that gives viewers a behind-the-scenes peek at what the cruise line is going to do to prepare for its return to cruising. The first episode, which was just released, covers embarkation and the buffets like you mentioned. Online registration is required via the NCL website. At the terminal, passengers will have their temperature blood oxygen level, and pulse taken, and passengers' identity to board will be done by facial recognition. 
All of these measures are aimed at reducing the amount of time spent inside the terminal. And regarding buffets, as you can imagine, none of the buffets will be self-service. Norwegian plans to restart cruising from Athens, Greece on July 25th and hopes for a U.S. restart as soon as July 4th. One thing was interesting is that the guest has to do online check-in, as you mentioned, before uh-huh. they get to the pier. In fact, if they do not do online check-in, they have to go outside the terminal, check in online via a phone or whatever, and then come back into the terminal. So if you don't check in online, you can't come into the terminal at all. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, I guess a lot of uh, teenagers will be doing the registration for their great-grandparents. Right, yeah, for sure. So we don't talk about river cruising much on the show, but I think it's important to let the listeners know that just because we don't talk about it doesn't mean they aren't currently cruising in the U.S. It doesn't mean it's not happening, and American Cruise Line announced that they've officially begun their 2021 cruise season. Of their 13 ships, six are now sailing in eight states. On March 13th, ACL was the first cruise line to restart in the U.S., when their independence departed from Florida. And following that departure, the cruise line restarted their Mississippi River cruises. By this summer, the line hopes to have all 13 ships in operation with itineraries that span to 30 states, including Alaska. All American cruise line ships are built, flagged in the United States, employ American crew, and accommodate less than 200 passengers. The cruise line's health and safety protocols include reduced passenger capacity, pre-boarding testing, mask wearing, hourly sanitation rounds, and having a medical staff on every ship. All public rooms and staterooms have their own independent HVAC system, so air ducts are not shared with other staterooms or public areas. Listener question comes from Jeff this week. Jeff says, I just booked our first Holland America cruise on the brand new MS Rotterdam in early 2023. It's 11 nights from the U.S. to the British Virgin Islands. Part of the itinerary includes the island of St. Thomas. And you've mentioned before that you like to beeline over to St. John. I'm curious, what is there to do over in St. John? Well, hi, Jeff. Well, I think for people that have visited St. Thomas one too many times and don't feel like shopping, the short distance over to St. John is worth the effort. It's a beautiful small island. You can see it from St. Thomas, but you'll need to get there from the big cruise ship port or the tender dock. You need to take a taxi over to the Red Hook Ferry Terminal. And from there, it's about a 20-minute boat ride across Pillsbury Sound to the St. John Cruise Terminal. But it's worthwhile pointing out that if someone is prone to getting seasick, the sound can get pretty rough if the wind kicks up. It's only a 20-minute boat ride, but man, what the first time I did it, I was green. So just you should know that. And a taxi from the cruise ship dock to Red Hook will take about 20 minutes, depending on the downtown Charlotte Amalia traffic. A round-trip ferry ticket will cost about $16, and the ferry departs for St. John every hour on the hour. And then when your ship does dock at Cruise Bay in St. John, you can catch a taxi over to Trunk Bay, which is what Doug always does. And that is about a 20-minute taxi ride. Bring cash because most taxis throughout the USVI do not accept credit cards. And there's a fee to use the beach at Trunk Bay. If you don't feel like heading to the beach, you can simply walk from the cruise ship dock. And I've done this one. And you can go for a hike in the St. John National Park, which actually makes up about two-thirds of the island. And then on your return, 
don't cut it close and be sure to allow no less than two hours. Well, two and a half is yeah. good to get back to your ship because you have to catch the ferry. You have to catch a taxi. If there's a lot of ships in port, if it's a holiday, your taxi could be tied up just that short stretch to get over to the cruise ship dock. So don't cut yourself short with that, but it's just, it makes for a really nice day. If you don't have any shopping to do in St. Thomas and you don't want to go to the restaurant at the top of the hill, head over to St. John. I've done it maybe, I guess, six times now. And it is, like you mentioned, it kind of it can get choppy depending on how breezy it is on the, across the bay there. But it is only, like, you can see Red Hook Bay from Cruise Bay and vice versa. It's only three, like 3.2 miles across. So it's not a big span. <laughs> like you said, it's only like 20 minutes as well. So yeah. totally worth doing it. Just the Virgin Islands National Park in itself is just amazing. And as you mentioned, it basically takes up the whole island. Yeah, and there's only a couple of hotels, and and then there's those beautiful beaches. But yeah, it's it's worth the trip over for sure. Just like I said, watch the clock. Yep, Trunk Bay and Cinnamon Bay are two awesome places to go to just kind of take it all in and just, wow, Mm -hmm. it's almost like you're living in a postcard. So uh, yeah, check that out for sure. Jeff, thanks for the question. If you have a question, drop us a line, Doug at cruiseradio.net. We've been talking with Sherry Laskin from cruisemaven.com. Sherry, thank you so much. Thanks, Doug. See you next week. Have a question or a comment for the show? Yeah! Send an email or voice memo to Doug at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer, if you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. The world is constantly changing. Your place for news is still the same. Online and on demand at cruiseradio.net. All right. Joining us now is Dan Skilkin, president of tripinsurance.com, to answer some of your listener questions, as well as take a look at the landscape of travel insurance policies as we start to cruise again. Hello, Dan. Hey, Doug. It's been a little while since we spoke. It's been about six months or so. And boy, a lot of things have changed with vaccines and therapeutics and all this stuff. But one question I have is how much has travel insurance policies, how much have they changed in the age of the pandemic and COVID? It's a great question. There's several factors going on. There are some that are, without question, pandemic related. And a few of the travel insurance companies took a very cautious approach and decided to eliminate pandemics or eliminate, consider that COVID-19 was a, was a known risk, that they weren't going to cover it. And so they eliminated it from some of their policies. A lot of the companies have eliminated cancel for any reason policies because there were people looked at that and said, I got to buy that because it's the only way I can get coverage if certain aspects of my trip get canceled or if I'm just worried about traveling or everything's going to be closed when I get there or I have to be quarantined when I get there. And so a lot of the companies pulled their CFAR products. On tripinsurance.com, we're fortunate. We still have 
those cancel for any reason policies, and they are by far right now the most popular thing that people are buying because it's the best coverage option for them. If they can't cancel for a covered reason, they're going to be covered 100%. But if they cancel for any uncovered reason, they're just, they don't want to travel, they're afraid of traveling, some event got canceled, their cruise got canceled, but not their airline. So they got coverage for their airline on that CFAR portion of the policy, and they generally pay 75% of the cancellation penalties. The only difficulty is that your listeners in New York, uh, unfortunately, New York doesn't let any company sell a CFAR plan that cancel for any reason. It's just not available. But there's also a whole series of changes that are happening right now behind the scenes with travel insurance policies that were driven from a couple of years ago. There was a, um, a huge number of lawsuits filed by the insurance regulation, you know, the, the insurance bureaus of a lot of different states. They got extremely upset with the travel insurance industry because they have bundled non-insurance products with the insurance. An example of this is the travel services, you know, the concierge travel services or help you when you're traveling or, or make changes to your reservations. And interestingly enough, the medical evac portion of the policy is typically considered a non-insurance product. It's bundled up with the, with the product. The problem is the non-insurance products, the insurance companies don't pay taxes on. The insurance products, they do. And there was a big debate as to, no, wait a minute, how much of this policy are you attributing to what is taxable and what is not taxable? Mm. And there were several major lawsuits from many, many different large states against the insurance industry that has caused them to refile all of their policies. Universally, almost every travel insurance company is undergoing refiling right now, changing the structure, the way in which they disclose these non-insurance products and how, how they're built into the product that you're buying. And those refilings also give them an opportunity to take a look at their rates. And I am expecting rates to go up. Mm -hmm. There were losses from the pandemic that the industry is reeling from, but that they also took a look at the expenses that reshaping how these filings are doing and everything else like that. They're taking the opportunity to, to raise rates. So I am expecting prices to go up. But what's interesting about that is that the demand is also going up for these products, particularly for the CFAR policies. And the countries are now requiring you to have travel insurance before you, you land. They are a requirement to enter the country. Costa Rica is a perfect example. You can't get into Costa Rica right now unless you're covered mm -hmm. by travel insurance. And a lot of the European countries don't want the risk of having to take care of you medically if you don't have medical coverage because their they're state-run medical systems were just overrun by the cost of, of COVID. So the demand is up. People are required to buy travel insurance, and unfortunately, some of the rates are going up now. When looking at policies once cruising returns, like a couple of days ago, I just booked a sailing out of Nassau, Bahamas on Royal Caribbean's Adventure of the Seas. I haven't bought my policy yet. Um, what's one thing I need to make sure that my policy has that I'm covered for? Right now, we're advising a lot of our customers look at travel delays based on COVID-19, and we've got a huge number of questions from customers wondering, if I test positive 
for COVID-19 and it causes a travel delay. What if I get off the ship and the ship requires a COVID test to get back on? And what if that COVID test is positive? What happens? Am I covered? Or I'm in a country or I've got a, I've got a hotel stay and I'm required to take a COVID test before I get on board the ship and the COVID test is positive and they won't let me on board the ship. Mm -hmm. Am I covered? And that's what you've really got to check in your policy to make sure you are. The policies on tripinsurance.com from Nationwide and U.S. Fire will cover you for travel delay and trip interruption based on a medical condition, and they consider they haven't excluded COVID-19, and they consider being tested positive for COVID-19 to be a medical condition that is covered. The other interesting part about some of these policies that you've really got to check on is whether or not you're required to see a physician in order for it to be considered a medical claim or a medical reason for trip interruption. Some companies require you to see a physician before they will and, and be diagnosed by a physician. Well, the question is, if I had a, a positive test for COVID-19, does that mean I have to go see a physician and the physician diagnoses me as positive? In the case of Nationwide and U.S. Fire on tripinsurance.com, they have declared that a positive test for COVID-19 does not require a physician attending physician statement mm -hmm. in order to be a legitimate medical reason that is covered for the provisions of the plan. And so that's, that's something to really think about as you're buying your policies is just to make sure that you've got coverage for trip interruption and travel delays and medical for COVID-19. This next question, uh, you may or might not know the answer to it, but cruise lines right now are having to decide whether or whether or not to require vaccines. How will travel insurance policies deal with that question? That's a great one because this falls under the category. We've had a similar series of questions that had happened when people have to go, for instance, they want to go on an African safari, for instance, and it requires certain vaccinations in order to get into a country. And we've often been asked, is that covered? Is it a covered reason for cancellation? What if the cruise line, after I book the trip and after I buy the travel insurance, now requires me to be vaccinated? And what if I can't get vaccinated or I don't want to get vaccinated? Is it a covered reason for canceling? I can tell you that if the vaccine is required prior to departure, almost every insurance company that I know will deny that claim because it's considered a prerequisite prior to travel, and they consider it something that you can get done. But let's assume for a second that you're on a trip and a vaccination requirement changes while you're on the trip. Now, it's unlikely that the cruise company would suddenly, when you get off the ship in Nassau, mm -hmm. would suddenly require you to be vaccinated before you got back on. That I don't think is going to happen. But there have been several situations where, for instance, a country might require it or you can't leave the ship. You know, what if mm -hmm. the ship, this, you know, let's say you're taking a riverboat cruise through Europe and all of a sudden you can't get off the boat because you're not vaccinated in a given country. You can't enter that country what's the ramifications of that and are you covered for, for travel insurance? And in those particular cases, once you've already departed, if the travel conditions or the requirement for vaccination changes while you're on the trip, that is typically covered. That is typically a covered reason for cancellation or trip interruption or the extra expenses that you've got to do to, 
deal with the fact that a country won't let you in. Right. Um, that'll be covered, but not the pre-departure requirement from the cruise company. This next question comes from David, and I hope we never have to worry about this one again, but we're going to ask it anyway. What happens if a ship gets quarantined while I'm on it? Does trip insurance help me out? Well, the first question is going to be, where are you quarantined and what's, what's going on? Certainly, it's going to be considered a travel delay. And so, for instance, if you have extra cost to get home because you've lost your airline tickets because of the cruise delay, that would typically be covered by the travel insurance. The difficulty that we have on some policies is that you've got to watch on what is the extension of the policy. Some of the policies actually have a time limit restriction on how much they can be extended based on a travel delay. So you sort of look at this and say, well, wait a minute. If I'm quarantined on board the ship, isn't that a medical? And it could be. So this is a very complicated question that would really have to be asked to the claims department for the various travel insurance companies as to say, okay, I'm on board the ship and I'm quarantined and there's a limit to the extension of the policy. For instance, some of the insurance companies will limit a policy to 10 extra days if you were on a travel delay. Mm -hmm. And then after that, the coverage ends. Well, the portion of the coverage that ends that I worry about is the medical coverage. What if I got hurt on board the ship? I got cut, you know, I crushed my hand or something happened. Am I covered? And you could say, well, this is a medical delay, but I don't know if they're going to extend the medical coverage on the policy because you're quarantined in the event that you got hurt. So this is a very tricky problem on that end. But I'm fairly confident that the travel insurance will likely cover the extra cost to get you home when you finally get free from the ship. I'm hoping that this is no longer a problem yeah. based on vaccinations. Mm -hmm. You know, as people are vaccinated, the chance of being, you know, they're hard pressed to quarantine you. And, and now they know a lot more about what's going on with COVID. They don't have to quarantine you for very long to know that you're, that you're going to be okay. I'm not sure if I'm asking this next question the right way, but from a customer service standpoint, how are you advising people who are looking to buy travel insurance in the current time? The primary one is that I'm recommending that they book their vacation and buy the travel insurance for their trip dates. A lot of people are saying, well, I don't know if, if I'm actually going to be able to travel then. Book the vacation. My feeling here is, and buy the travel insurance. We have been extremely flexible at moving travel dates, and so have the travel companies if the pandemic causes it to slide. My first recommendation is go ahead and book the trip with some level of confidence that if something happens, I've got travel insurance, the cruise companies are going to be flexible, the airlines are going to be flexible, and certainly we are flexible on the travel insurance side to make the changes. As we start cruising and traveling again, what's your biggest single piece of advice to travelers? My advice, look, I take this to heart. This is the way I travel. I recommend my friends travel. It's all about traveling informed and prepared. You are responsible for your own health, the quality of your vacation, what's going to go on. You can travel with confidence if you're prepared and you're informed and you know what's going on. So one of the things we've done with tripinsurance.com policies is that every time somebody buys a policy, we enroll them in e-travel alerts. 
And this is a service where we send you an email if anything comes up at your destination country that would affect your travels. And in the case of cruising, where people have multiple ports, they've asked us, hey, can you, can you cover the, the additional countries? Absolutely. We're happy to sign them up for that. And make sure that they have an Internet connection on board and, and watch for the emails. We've had situations where we have saved travelers an unbelievable amount of hassle and time because they knew in advance that a, that a highway was going to be closed or that there was going to be a problem or there was an issue at a particular port on their cruise. And they sort of sat back and, and planned out the rest of their trip and what they were doing on the basis of being informed up front. You know, be responsible for your own safety, your own health. Take, take cleaning supplies, take rubber gloves, take whatever it takes for you to feel confident that you can conquer the world, if you will, without worrying about getting sick, without worrying about getting hurt, without worrying about something interrupting your vacation that, that turns, you know, the stream vacation into a nightmare. I want to get your thoughts on consumer confidence, and you're mentioning bringing cleaning supplies and all that stuff, and that might not make people feel 100% confident even packing all this stuff. I'm curious, what are your thoughts on the consumer confidence right now for traveling and a lot of the restrictions that the government has in place? The restrictions that the government is putting in place are really, in my opinion, designed to prevent the medical community from being totally overrun by cases. There's still a very, very high case count that's happening in the United States, mostly because of the variants, even though we're vaccinating more and more and more of the people. And I'm hoping to see those curves drop off. Everybody is. But a lot of the restrictions that they're putting together are based on their concern that we're still the medical, the hospitals are still overrun right now, and we have precious few emergency room beds. So Mm -hmm. a lot of those Restrictions are happening because of that. And we could sit back and say politically we're upset with it. Some of them I chuckle at. The concept of restricting a restaurant to 50% capacity, I think is kind of funny because does it matter whether it's at 100% capacity or 50% capacity if somebody walks through the restaurant to go to the bathroom and has COVID and spreads COVID through the restaurant? It wouldn't matter whether it was at 50% capacity or at 100% capacity. So... I'm seeing, you know, the cruise industry and the government negotiating to say, well, what if the cruise ship was 50%, only 50% booked or 40% booked? Would I be able to take the cruise then, you know, and, and be, able to, uh, to be able to operate the cruise ship? But anybody that's walked down a hallway on a cruise boat yeah. knows they're narrow. There's no possible <laughs> way to pass somebody. If they had COVID, you'd pick it up. Sure. The bigger, bigger thing is, am I vaccinated? And what does it take to get consumer confidence come back? That's what I'm worried about from the travel industry, for the travel insurance industry. When does the consumer confidence come back that you feel confident to go take a cruise? You feel confident to go and get on an airplane? Part of that is that an awful lot of people are saying, oh, yeah, I want to be vaccinated because that gives me the confidence. I'm fully vaccinated. My wife's fully vaccinated. The people that we hang out with are fully vaccinated. Then we sort of, we sit back and say, would you take an airplane right now? Yes, I would. My sister-in-law wouldn't right now. She doesn't have that confidence yet. I got it. Mm -hmm. I understand that completely. And it's not a criticism of her at all. I like to flip that question around and say, what would the cruise industry have to do or propose to the government to make everybody that's on the cruise ship 
confident. They like to travel, that I'm not worried about masks, that I can eat in a dining area without having to worry that I'm going to catch COVID. Mm -hmm. Part of it is, you know, so the cruise company says, I'd like to restrict this to people that are vaccinated. At that point, I feel badly for the people that medically can't be vaccinated. I don't feel so badly for people that refuse to be vaccinated because they don't trust it or they just don't believe in vaccines. I didn't see any adverse effects from taking the vaccine, except my own confidence that as I'm going to a grocery store, even though I have to put a mask on, I don't feel like I'm worried about catching something that could kill me or I could give something to somebody else that that could kill them. And so my feelings on this are, how do we have to operate to get the user confidence back? One of the things that the big advantage here, there isn't a lot of transmission of COVID-19 through touch, touch surfaces. But what has happened because we were worried that that was the case is that now cruise ships are crystal clean. I think that the incidence of norovirus is going to plummet because of the precautions they're taking, for instance, how they handle the phase. And people are going to be healthier in those environments because of the changes that have happened because of this pandemic. I'm just hoping that people focus in on, okay, rather than the regulations of what I can and can't do, what are the sorts of ways that we have to operate to raise the consumer confidence that says, yeah, I want to get on a boat. I want to go take the trip. I want to go see these other countries. Even to the extent right now, my concern is that there are certain countries where people are feeling more confident to travel to because they know more people are vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Israel has vaccinated, I think, over 90% of the population is vaccinated in Israel at this point. I would feel confident if I was vaccinated and I was traveling in Israel and believed everybody there was vaccinated. I sort of feel more confident about traveling to a country like that than to a country that has a very low incidence of of vaccination. I don't know how you feel about this. Yeah, and it's evident because Royal Caribbean is starting up Israel cruises starting next month because of the high vaccination right there. And of course, there's safety protocols and everything. So I definitely echo that. I kind of want to switch gears and I want to ask you about, so I've been doing a lot of, we'll call it land cruising, taking my camper across the country, mostly out west. So on a road trip, would travel insurance cover you like they would if you were at an all-inclusive or on a cruise? Absolutely. We're about to take a, uh, a trip up to Jackson Hole and the vacation rental is insurable. And it's actually, people don't realize those kind of land trips around the United States have just as much risk. What if one of us broke our leg before the trip and couldn't go mm-hmm. or didn't want to go? Because, you know, at Jackson Hole, it's a lot of hiking. There, there's national parks up there. What if you couldn't take that trip? So those kinds of vacation rentals that may have a cancellation policy that's pretty onerous if you cancel them last minute, those are important. A lot of the hotels are cancelable, but some of them people are taking prepaid hotels and that sort of stuff. There's a few travel insurance policies that will actually cover you for travel delay based on breakdown of your car, where the car breaks down and I can't make it to the hotel, so I have to take a different hotel, and it covers the cost of the hotel cancellation in the last minute. Most people are traveling with car insurance, so if they get in an accident, they're covered for that. For that matter, I've I've got customers that are buying cancel-for-any-reason policies for their vacation rental that they're doing in the United States, just worried that, hey, what if 
the restrictions go up? What if they go into the level red and they shut down all the restaurants or the beaches get shut down or something else? You know, what if they shut the amusement park or the main event that I was going to? I'm at least covered and I'm going to get my money back on the vacation. Okay, so selfishly, I want to take this a step further because I'm going hiking out in Utah in a couple of weeks to Goblin Valley. And God forbid I break my leg or slip on a patch of ice out there. Would travel insurance still help me, though, because I do have like Blue Cross Blue Shield as my insurance provider? It it will on the medical evac. A lot of people have limited coverage for medical evac, and the medical evac can be really high. And the advantage of the travel insurance policies is they are typically deductible free. And I'm not talking here about travel medical only coverage. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about a comprehensive travel insurance policy that's also covering your trip cancellation. Almost all of those that I know of in the market are deductible free. And so they kick in and they coordinate benefits with your own personal insurance. But the medical evac would be really important because, you know, it it depends on where you slipped on the ice. If you're up on top of a glacier, you're talking a helicopter ride to get down. Excellent information there, Dan. Thank you so much. If any listener wants to contact you or may have a question about a policy, how can they reach out to you? Uh, Please email us at support at tripinsurance.com. We're really moving to try to answer as many questions as we possibly can by email because we've had so much customer service inquiries that the phones are overwhelmed. I really don't want people waiting on the phone for a long time. If you send us an email, we do our best to get back to you just as fast as we possibly can, even if the email is just to send us a telephone number because you've got uh, additional questions. But we're, ha- we're here to help, and we hope everybody has a great summer and book some travel. See the world. I'm ready, Dan. Dan Skilkin, president of TripInsurance.com. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Doug. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.